Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's me, Keenan Jerome Floyd, with another episode of the Dangerously Awkward Podcast. Thank you for coming back to hang out with us. And since we're celebrating the 20th day, 15th hour, 42nd minute, and 13th second of the partial government shutdown, this episode, we're going to be talking about politics. So sit back and relax and enjoy this new episode of the Dangerously Awkward Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Keenan Jerome Floyd here again, um, and welcome to my returning listeners of the Dangerously Awkward podcast. Um, For those of you that are new to this podcast, what it's about is I am a recovering former Jehovah's Witness, which means I am not one now. I was excommunicated from the church, and I talk about different topics from that vantage point of growing up in that religion. Basically what it is, is, uh, you know, I was a Joe's witness for 30 years and there's different things that I couldn't do. I couldn't celebrate holidays, couldn't celebrate my birthday, um, couldn't have sex outside marriage, couldn't date, couldn't have, uh, worldly friends, people that were not Jehovah's witnesses. And we were politically neutral, which I have to say is the, the one thing that I do respect the Jehovah's Witness for, um, because to be honest with you, people that are that vow to be Christians, in my opinion, or any other type of religion that gets behind a political figure, to me, you sound stupid. I'm sorry, you do. You sound stupid, Cause especially with the person like Trump. Now, I, I'm not like on the bandwagon. I don't necessarily dislike Trump because of his policies or politics i wish that that's what the conversation was about um i it's basically him as a person he's a very annoying person like i would not hang out with this dude um if he was just you know joe blow on the street corner you know what i mean so as a person he annoys me But as a businessman, that dude's gangster. Like that, like you have to, res- you have to respect a guy like that. Donald Trump is gangster. Like uh, people, people are mad at Donald Trump. I think because he's he's getting a chance to do things that people only dreamed of. He was born into a rich family. He made billions of dollars. Off of a real estate business. He got away without paying taxes for years. He, uh, he, he's been married like four times. He's banged porn stars. He's probably been with a whole bunch of, you know, he had Russian prostitutes pee on him, allegedly. Just living the life. He said he's been able to have any woman that he's wanted to have on the entire planet. And he became president. Like, he said, I'm going to become president. Then he became president. Even if he was impeached tomorrow. 
he will still be able to say, I, I was rich. I lived in New York City. I married who I wanted to marry. And I became president of the United States. Like, there's no way you can, you can take that away from him. And it's even more gangster now because normally the government is shut down when they run out of funding. This dude shut down the government because he didn't get his way. The government is partially shut down. 800,000 people are not getting paid today because this guy didn't get his way. He wants $5 billion for a wall he wants to build along the border. And Congress said no. And he said, you know what? I'm going to shut down the government. And he did. That's the most gangster shit. I've ever heard in my life. So you got, I mean, you got to respect him for that. Jesus Christ. I mean, people, people think that you can't get away with stuff. No, you can get away with a lot of stuff. It depends on who you are and, and how uh, determined you are to do it. You can definitely get away with a lot of stuff. Um, And he's doing it. I mean, I've been rejected from working at Foot Locker. I've been rejected from jobs that aren't even that good. And this man, he's doing whatever he wants. Hey, sorry that um, my podcast is coming out a little late. It usually comes out, it usually comes out at midnight um, on Thursdays. But I was, uh, I was working. I, um, I, uh, I, I'm doing this industrial IT job, which means I install um, IT networking wires and construction sites. And then once the building's over, then I go in and um, and uh, I help set up the computers. It's a real boring job. But um, it's it's been tiring. I've been going to San Diego every single day for the past two weeks. I've been missing out on dates, open mic shows, and my car is still busted. Oh, I didn't tell you about that. I, I was uh, this is this is how much my life ain't shit. I uh, I was uh, doing DoorDash for a while because you know I'm an artist. And it really, uh, it, it, it wore down my bricks pretty good, right? I, uh, I drove, I drove from New York City to Los Angeles back in August. So that's what, 2,400 miles, 2,500 miles, something like that. And the car made it, made it fine. Um, then I started door dashing, you know, to supplement some funds. Cause that's what we live in now. We live in a gig economy now. Um. You remember a few years ago when you can actually go into your job and cuss everyone out because you knew you could have another job next week? It's not like that anymore. Nope. Not at all. Not at all one bit. You got to take you got to take it what you get. Now you have 60-year-olds going back to work and getting yelled at by 16-year-old snot-nosed managers. What happened to us? Now it's a gig economy. Everyone's Ubering. 
everyone is, uh, you know, during DoorDash, Postmates, um, and some people don't even, some people, like, some people work full-time and are still homeless. You, like, that's, that's messed up. Like, a lot of times you hear people on the news saying, well, we're bringing back jobs, we're bringing back jobs, we're bringing back jobs to the United States. But then it's like, well, that doesn't mean the jobs are any good. I mean, there's people that work at Walmart and Amazon and they're homeless, Jack. Home to the list. Homeless. And you go and you work in these places. Before before I did this little, this podcast, I um uh I worked at Staples. Staples is an awful place to work. Because um if you ever go into Staples, if you notice when you go there, there's a quota we have to sell, right? Like every time we sold a printer, cause I was in the tech department, I sold electronics, I sold ink and I fixed phones and I fixed, uh, computers. I should have been getting paid at least $40 an hour for that. But you know, anyway, uh, <laughs> you, we were, every time we sold a printer, we had to sell ink with the printer plus paper Plus, uh, like a warranty on it, right? Um, a protection plan, that's what they called it. So, we were trying to push these warranties on all these old people. Because that's the only people that shop at Staples. Let's be real. The only people that shop at Staples are old people. Uh, because they don't know how to work the Amazons.coms and the Ebays.coms. And all that stuff. So, old people come. And Staples knows it, so they say, "Okay, we need to take advantage of these, these people." So how about how about Keenan? I want you to sell a bunch of uh, unnecessary shit with this uh, with this printer. But they don't give us a commission for it. Like I I was pretty good at selling warranties, and the way the warranty worked was if it broke down, you had to call. You couldn't bring it back in. You had to call. And mail it in and then get a new refurbished printer. It was it was awful. It was criminal. But um I uh they wouldn't give you a commission for it. They would say, Well, if you sell more, then you'll get more hours. Oh, so you're holding my ability to live in a house with heat hostage. So you want me to you want me to sell Unnecessary credit cards and warranties to old people that aren't going to be around long enough to cash in and then it's going to plunge their grandkids into uh, generational debt. Oh, man. When I was in Brooklyn, I worked at Staples. I sold one credit card. I, I got one guy to sign up for a credit card. And um, I don't know. I went to the break room and I cried. Because I'm in credit card debt. I know what it's like. It's all a part of a stupid system. It's all part of a stupid system to keep people, uh, to keep people down. To keep people that can't really afford it down. I mean, it's easier to go to jail than it is to keep a good job at this point. This is what I learned when I lived in New York City. For example, in New York City, everything is astronomically more expensive just ridiculously expensive right and th this is how the system works out right since everything else gets expensive then the necessities get 
expensive, right? Like public transportation. To have a car in New York City, you have to you have to you have to pay the fines. You have to make sure you move your car. Parking is horrible. So if you can't find parking, then you have to pay to have it parked. You have to pay for a driveway. You can't park your car in front of uh, in front of your on your lawn of your house, or you have to pay a fine. If your car's car if your car is caught on the um, on the street doing street cleaning, you get a you get a ticket, and that's a huge fine. If they catch you um, on the cell phone, you get pulled over. That's a three hundred dollar ticket. If you make a right turn on a red light. That's another like hundred dollar ticket, and most of the time you have to work two jobs just to barely make rent. Rent is extra astronomically expensive in New York City, so you have a person that has those tickets, right? Uh, and they have to make it to work, but they are not going to drive because it's expensive to drive, right? So they take the subway, right? So all their money goes to rent, all their money goes to food, all their money goes into car insurance, right? So they say, oh, I got to make it into the city. So I'm going to go to the subway. Then you go to the subway and they hike up the price. The price is more expensive than what it was. And you're like, man, I don't have the 275 to be able to pay. So I'm going to hop the turnstile. You hop the turnstile, you get stopped by a cop, you get a ticket. You can't afford to pay the ticket because you got to go to work. You can't go to work so you have no money for the subway, right? So, <laughs> so you don't pay the ticket. You end up getting a warrant on your name because you didn't pay the ticket because you couldn't afford it. So the next time you get stopped or you get pulled over, you go to jail because of your warrant, then you have a record, and then it makes it hard for you to get a job because, of course, there's that stigma of people that were that were in prison because people don't care what you did. They're just like, oh, you're in prison. You're a criminal, right? And then on top of that, everyone's being priced out of the neighborhood. All the you know black and brown people are being priced out of the neighborhood. Ginger Fryers are moving in. Everyone's either moving to the Bronx or to upstate New York. So when I before, you know, you would hear people talk about um, you would hear people talk about, oh, all these criminals out here, you know, all these, you know, all these criminals selling drugs and blah, blah, blah. Uh, all these homeless people out here, they need to get a job. I get it. No, I get it. Because, for example, you could go up to a homeless person, homeless person like, yo, could you uh, <laughs> could you give me uh, some money, please? And you're like, well, hey. Why don't you have uh why don't you just go out and get a job? He's like, I do. I work at Staples. And I'm like, oh shit. You didn't sell enough warranties. It is easier to go to jail than it is to get a good job. Um so this government shutdown, right? Eight hundred thousand people aren't getting paid this week. Not until Trumpy boy gets $5 billion for his wall. And it's interesting because a lot of people that are, uh, a lot of my friends that are on Facebook aren't really commenting about the government shutdown. I think people are just getting tired of this guy. At the end of the day, I think, I think that's essentially what it is. I think, I think people are just getting tired of him. I think people, um, um, I, I think people, I don't know. 
because because he still has supporters and and I I don't know if if his supporters are you know trolls because we went to a point where it seems like people will cut off their nose despite their face. You know what I mean? Just to make because it's gotten out of hand. The the political spectrum has has really has really gotten out of hand that that people just want the people are, are trolls in real life. Absolute trolls in real life. So every time someone says the opposite, someone has to someone says something, someone has to come with the opposite and and the opposite don't make no damn sense. Like, oh, whoa, whoa. Like, I, I remember uh, during the Kavanaugh hearing. During the Kavanaugh hearing, you know, the the, the, the lady talked about Kavanaugh. Um, um, you know, the alleged rape or whatever, right? And then they asked Trump. They said, Trump, uh, what do you think about uh, the Kavanaugh hearing? What message are we sending to our little boys, to our to the men in this country? And Trump looked in the face of the camera and he said there's women out here lying what yeah there's women there's women out here lying we need to you know men need to be careful these women out here in these streets they're just lying on niggas i was like oh my god this dude don't give a fuck because what we're used to, we're we're used to people saying the right thing all the time, which I think, which I I get. That's why people like Trump. So a lot of people like Trump because because he's not the one. He's not the one that's going to be like, oh yeah, um, this is what I'm supposed to say. He's going to say exactly what he feels. He's going to say exactly what he feels, and for for some people. That's refreshing. Um, and again, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying this in support. I'm just, I'm just telling it for what it is. I'm just really telling it for what it is. Um, because I remember, uh, working, I, I, I remember, um, when I was watching the, the debates between, uh, Hillary and Trump. Hillary was very calculated. Hillary was very, very calculated in her responses. So much so that you knew it was rehearsed. Um, what essentially happened with the Democrats was they were they were so arrogant because of who Trump was, of how sloppy he was, the the way he said things. He went against the game. They were so arrogant that they felt that they had the win in the bag and, and, and the arrogance that Hillary had, it's essentially at the end of the day, what killed her because I was, um, when the, when the election started, I was in Pennsylvania, I was working in Pennsylvania and, and everybody at my job was going to vote for Trump. Like they were all open. They're like, Nope, I'm, I don't like Hillary. I don't like, uh, I, um, uh, you know, she's, she's going to take away my guns, which wasn't going to happen. Um, because the NRA lobbies both parties. Um, <laughs> you know, she's going to take my gun. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. Blah, 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 blah. So it's like I knew 
that there was a huge portion of, of the United States that was that was that did not like Hillary. And it had nothing to do with her being a woman. It had nothing to do with whatever with 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 the subterfuge that people were saying it was. Because people were saying, well, it was because she was a woman. No, that's not true at all. It's like if you paid attention to politics in the last two decades, you had Hillary's number. Like all of a sudden, I'm supposed to forget that Hillary called black males uh, super predators. I'm supposed to ignore uh, uh, Benghazi. I'm supposed to uh, I'm supposed to ignore the fact that there's a rumor that they get people killed. I'm supposed to ignore the corruption. You know. And then and then Hillary, she she pandered. I think she pandered too much. She pandered too much. And it was obvious like people like people assume. I, I, I think people just assume that um, that us as Americans, we are dumb. We are dumb enough to just accept pandering. Like, for example, what is Hillary Clinton doing on BET? Talking about hot sauce and dancing. That was a pure pander. 20 years ago, you said black men are super or super predators. And then you go on BET and you're like, I put hot sauce on everything. Like, I like the fuck. So I understood. I understood. I knew that Trump was going to win when um, they had the debate and Trump. This is and this is how gangster Trump is. When they had the debate, they were talking about something. And instead of answering the question, Hillary said, <laughs> Hillary goes, I am ready to be the president of the United States. And then the audience started clapping. And then Trump stuck his head in front of the camera and said, you're going to jail. Like that. <laughs> that was some gangster shit. That was some gangster shit. All right, now let's talk about the other side. Um, essentially, what it is is the same the same uh, tactics that's used in the Jehovah's Witness to manip manipulate people emotionally is the same tactics that they use in politics. It's all about emotions. People vote based on the emotions, not policies. For example, in the Jehovah's Witnesses. The main reason that a lot of people follow the rules is because they're afraid of losing their family. Because if you break the rules, you get disfellowshipped or disassociated or excommunicated. And the penalty of that is you lose contact with your family and friends that you've grown for a long period of time. So therefore, emotion is always at the top form. It's, it's the top motivator for anything that you do for the church, correct? When it comes to politics a lot of the politicians showboat they showboat they use they use rousing speeches they uh they appear on ellen and they dance and 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 they get jay-z and beyonce to come and then they get you know it's it's all emotion right so the democrats what they did was they 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 essentially tried to appear to be the cool party trump knew that if he was going to win the Midwest, he had to go to the, the, the Midwestern roots. That's one of the reasons why he's he's not going to 
uh, he's not going to denounce David Duke of the Ku Klux Klan. We forget that the United States was built on racism. So, of course, that's that's millions of people in this fan base. David Duke, do you know how much political power David Duke has? Wasn't he the governor of, of Louisiana or some shit? David Duke has a lot of political power. So, of course, he's not going to denounce David Duke. Nobody's going to denounce the NRA. Do you know how many people love guns? They love guns so much that they will take a gun side over uh, 15 uh, white children getting shot in a school. Well, you know people don't give a fuck about white children getting shot. You know that stuff is serious. We have to look at ourselves as a society. We have to look at ourselves as a society and ask ask ourselves the question, who are we really? Like, I would just rather just be honest. Just be honest. That's all. That's all. Just be honest about it. If, if, if you don't like, if you don't like me because I'm black, then just say it. Don't say, you know, it was the same thing with, it's the same thing when people try to compare um, uh, Trump to Obama and all that shit. Like it's like just be honest with me. It always find I always find it interesting how how Christians are behind. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of Christians and behind uh, Trump, which I find interesting because right now. It's not really, it's not just a split between the Democrats and the Republicans. It's a whole new thing where now there's a fight between conservatives and liberals. And I almost think that the definition, people are redefining what, people are redefining what being liberal and being conservative really means. For example, if you look, if you look up the meaning of liberal, a liberal is open to new behavior or opinions and willing to discard traditional values. That seems like a new definition. To me. To me, that seems like a new definition. If we want to look at political philosophy, um, liberalism is more... Liberalism has more to do with Liberty, you know, what I mean, it's a political and moral philosophy based on liberty and equality, right? And, and that's the key word right there. Liberalism has to do with equality. Now it seems now it seems that liberalism has turned into inequality with people that have opposing views to conservatism. Now they're trying to take now they're trying to take down anybody that they feel has a conservative point of view. And then if you look at conser- the definition of, of uh, conservatism, it's a conservative holds to traditional attitudes and values and is cautious about change or innovation typical in, a re- in, in relation to politics or religion. Okay. I get it. I get it. I mean, it's a person that doesn't really change. But the question really becomes, can a person be both? 
can a person be down the middle? Can he be conservative and liberal? He can be conservative in some things, and he can be liberal in, in, in other things. Like, for example, you could be fiscally conservative with your finances, have greater control of your finances, build generational wealth. There's a lot of people out there that are liberal, that are fiscally conservative. Like a lot of these millionaires and stuff that claim to be liberal, they're fiscally conservative. You can be social conservative too. Um, you know, that's basically when, when, when you choose not to live a certain way. You know what I mean? You you could choose to be a certain. I mean, you could be fiscally conservative and socially liberal, like like, you know that's that's the ideal. I mean I mean it, it's gotten to a point where if you claim to be liberal, you can't like they don't like you to have any type of conservative viewpoints, and 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 to me that really that really defeats the purpose of being American. But um, but what I was saying earlier. Um, it, it, it seems, it, it, it just seems interesting how, how Christians claim Trump, uh, some, some Christians, conservative Christians claim Trump as a Christian person. I mean, if you look at Trump's lifestyle, nothing about his lifestyle denotes that he's conservative or Christian. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing he has done in his life ever. has has contributed to like just that's why it's like be honest you like him because of say it don't try to look at me and be like oh it's because god uh it's because god no just say you don't you like that he that you know he, he he's going to pull up the border and keep out the mexicans and he's you know he's Dividing the country and he says what he wants. Say that stuff. Don't be like, well, it's because he's a Christian. Trump is a businessman. He's been married four times. He cheated on his wife when he was pregnant with the porn star. He's rich. He's a capitalist. He's running a business as we speak. For all the people out there that, that claim to be Christian, that's, that claim this guy, he, what he does, he uses buzzwords. He says things like, we're going to say Merry Christmas now, and then everyone pauses him. What the fuck does that mean? What the, like, what's the big deal about that? Uh, we, we don't want Christians to be persecuted. Who's persecuting Christians in the United States? I mean, there's countries where Christians are being persecuted. And when I say persecuted, I mean thrown off the roofs of buildings. Who in the United States is being killed because they're Christian? I mean, Daniel 2.44 says that God will wipe out all the kingdoms of the earth. He will crush them. They have no meanings. Revelation 6.2 talks about Christ coming as king. You know, on a white horse with a bow, he will conquer and complete his conquest. Um, uh, 
one second. John 15, 18. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. Jesus is saying this. Verse 19. If you are part of the, of the world, the world will be fond of what is its own. Now because you are no part of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world for this reason, the world hates you. No parts of the world. That's what Jesus. That's what Jesus said. I mean, I'm just using this. I'm just using this as a source. I'm just using this as 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 a source. Um. Well, this is a scripture that people like to quote all the time when it comes to racism. Um. Acts seventeen twenty six, and he made out of one man every nation of men to dwell on the entire surface of the earth. And he created the appointed times and the set times of where men to would dwell. One man. There is only one race. The human race, according to the Bible. Ugh. Become imitators of God. Ephesians 5.1 I don't know It's a hard It's a hard sell to convince me How I can use my religion There's, there's preachers and stuff that support this guy That support politics in general As far as I feel about politics Look I I missed out on all of Obama's presidency I was in the Dominican Republic Serving as a missionary From 2006 to 2014 so he was elected in 2008 and he got out in 2016 so i was only in the country for two years of his presidency and people uh vote based on emotion people react to things based on emotion and that's essentially what politics is to me to show you how much it's emotion to it's emotional my mother was a devout Jehovah's Witness called me on the phone the day Obama was elected to tell me that Obama, the first black president, was elected. And you have to keep it. You have to keep it in the context too. My parents were born in the '40s. They're baby boomers. They were alive and active during the civil rights movement. My father went to. Uh, my parents met at Tuskegee University, a historical black college, in um, in um. Alabama, and my father also graduated from Fisk University, another HBCU. So, I mean, when they were the same age that I went to the Dominican Republic, they were affecting change in the United States for black people. Like, they were in the same line as Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and all those people. James, James Baldwin. They were alive around that time. My uncles were involved in the Millie Man marches and, and and running for office and sitting at the lunch counters. My my family was involved in change. So for them to see a black president, a black man become president, it was emotional for them. Because there was a time where they couldn't even use the same, they couldn't even uh, drink out of the same water fountain. It's all about emotion. When I left the country... George Bush, George W. was still president. I came back. 
Now we had the 2016 election. Now what's his lips is in office now? And again, it was a backlash. It was a backlash because Obama... I mean, the thing, I don't know a lot about Obama's policies. I mean, I knew... I knew some things he did. I knew, I knew some uh, um, bills he tried to pass was shut out by Congress. I also know that he bombed a lot of people using Jones. However, it was he was cool though. He had a he had a nice he had a nice uh, you know he was he he had he was funny. He was uh, he he was he had swag. He was calm and collected. Had a beautiful family. No scandals. One wife, two kids, and the same people that claim Trump is a Christian man said that Obama was a good-for-nothing, treasonous Muslim. So again, just be honest about it. If you want to talk policy, then let's talk about policy. But if you don't like somebody because of, you know, just fucking say it. Just say it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, I'm interested in what I'm interested in. And that's for black people to to have a stake, to have a stake in America. I mean, I mean, essentially, this is this is essentially what happened. We just need to understand that black people in the United States have always been used as pawns in in political realms. Politics, both parties have always used black people as pawns to try to get to try to get us to to side with them. And it's certainly true. It's certainly true today. And it's because we're a huge voting power. We contribute a trillion dollars into uh, into the global market and we swayed votes. Like that thing that happened in Alabama, with Roy Moore, the guy dude's pedophile and the only reason he wasn't put in office is because black women voted against that motherfucker it was up to white people he would be running Alabama right now we've always been used as pawns in uh in the political game all the way going back to the revolutionary war 1776 baby revolutionary war the Patriots, they they manipulate the slaves to fight for them, the 13 colonies to fight for them with the illusion that they were going to be freed from slavery. The British, on the other hand, uh, invited slaves to come and fight with the fight with the loyalists, and they were also granted freedom. So when so when you think about like a slave. He's like, well, why don't you just give me freedom? You mean I got to do shit? I got to do shit to get my freedom? So you had you had slaves going against the Patriots. They became loyalists. The British moved them. The British moved them to Nova Scotia. And a lot of uh, free men, free slaves ended up returning back to West Africa or going down to Jamaica and all that shit, right? And that is what that's where the Book of Negroes comes from. The Book of Negroes was a registry um, of all the free slaves from the Revolutionary War. It registered them and it relocated them. 
You can look up. You can Google this. The Book of Negroes. They left the country during during the Revolutionary War as loyalists, and they went back to Africa. They chose to go back to Africa. So even then, our freedom, which has been is which is naturally granted to every man on earth, was being used. It was being used as a political pawn. That's why now every time there's an election, they talk about fucking uh, uh, prison reforms. Prison reform. You know prisons are a business. Why are you holding that carrot in front of our face to get us to to get us to, to choose? Just do it. But if they did it, there would be no reason, you know, there would be there would be no way to because think about it, black people, we don't, we know we know what time it is. We really don't. That's the reason why we never really got involved in politics in the first place. I'm actually going to save that bit. Uh, I'm going to save that conversation for another, for the next episode. I'm going to save that conversation for the next episode. I got a lot. I got a lot to talk about as far as racist concerns. So that's what we're going to talk about in the next episode. Um, in the next episode, I'm also going to talk about R. Kelly. I was going to talk about it in, in this episode, but I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for the next episode. So in the next episode, I'm going to talk about race. And I'm going to talk about R. Kelly in the next episode. Um, so make sure you listen out for that. Make sure you listen up for that. Because that is going to be good. I got a lot of I got a lot of heat that I'm going to bring on that. Um, what else? Yeah, so that's basically it. That's, yeah. Polit- as far as politics is concerned. Like who you like, whatever. Um, it doesn't really matter to me personally, because I think it's all a game. I think it's all a sham. Um, uh, there's extremes in both sides, the conservative side, the liberal side, both extremes, both sides annoy me. Uh, and don't get me started those libertarians, but, uh, (laughs) at the end of the day, it's easier to go to jail than it is to keep a good job. That's been me. I'm Kenan Jerome Floyd. Thank you so much for listening in on this podcast, the Dangerously Awkward Podcast. This is episode four. Uh, for those of you that are in San Francisco, I will be at copyright at, uh, wait, what is it called? Trademark and copyright um, doing a Dangerously Awkward show, doing a Dangerously Awkward comedy show. Um, I'm co-headlining with my boy, um, Anya Malik. Go ahead and get your tickets on my website at KenanJeromeFloyd.com slash shows. Um, it's, it's $10. It's going to be a good time. 830. So if you're in San Francisco, please come and join us. We're going to have some fun. Um, and that's it. This has been Kenan Jerome Floyd. Thank you for listening in and have a good weekend.